Hello, and welcome to another edition of Kids on the Pitch podcast. It's been a while. We last left you uh, here when the WPIL playoffs were still going on pretty strong and uh, did our championship preview. But um, I'd like to do a very special podcast here. We're going to talk to someone, uh, Lydia Amayo. Uh, from Avonworth High School teen, uh, who has a very special project, and I would like to, you know, have give her an opportunity to talk about that. Um, we'll get to that in a second, but um, just wanted to say once again, it was quite a season uh, in high school soccer. It seemed like it went so fast and um, didn't have time to think. But uh, at the end of the day, um, another really good season for WPIL. Uh, in terms of Western Pennsylvania and where teams uh, progressed this year. And uh, <clears throat> really the big storylines were Mars um, girls soccer team, uh, how remarkable once again, winning uh, not only the WPIL, but also the state championship. <clears throat> and then of course, in the quad a boys level, the big story was Seneca Valley, um, not winning <laughs> uh, the WPIL, but uh, then being a team on a mission uh, and really going all the way and uh, winning the state playoffs, kind of getting some redemption after that shocking loss to Pine Richland in the WPIL final uh, at Highmark Stadium. So I'm going to have a little bit more on that later, but first um, we're going to bring on Lydia Amayo from Avonworth High School, who has something very uh, special to talk about. All right, we're back. Uh, this is John Krasinski with Lydia Mayo. Lydia, uh, first of all, thank you for joining me on this podcast. This is, we call this called Kids on the Pitch. And you are uh, a kid that is doing something very special, I think. Uh, and I wanted to talk about that. Um, but before we get started, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me today. I'm very excited. Good, good. Well, I'm before we get into this, I'm just going to do a, a quick little um, explanation, and you can correct me if I'm if I get anything wrong here. Um, but this is a project that is very, very special for you, uh, and and you've called it the beautiful gift. And your family, uh, from what I understand, and again, help correct me if I'm I get the pronunciations wrong, but uh, your your family comes from Calamarca, Peru. Uh, and uh, you've described that as beautiful, poor, mountainous uh, agricultural reason. And uh, you love soccer and uh, you've been a volunteer soccer coach. Um, and that, you know, I understand that unlike um, many of the soccer players here in Pittsburgh, you saw in your family's home country in Peru um, do live in poverty and sometimes the basic things such as soccer jerseys, soccer balls, cleats are out of reach. And as part of your project, you're hoping to collect donated soccer gear that you could bring uh, back to Cristo Rey um, uh, Maristas, which is a school where your uncle is a phys ed teacher. So um, did I get all of that correct? <laughs> For the most part, it's Cajamarca. There's, uh, okay. Yep. It's like the main city. There's a lot going on down there. It is gorgeous. I haven't been there since I was two, so I'm very excited to go. But um you know, a lot of my family has come in recently because of COVID, just being mm-hmm. able to come to the States. So I've been able to learn a lot recently. And um, we're just really excited to be able to provide anything that we can to these kids and even adults that haven't been able to enjoy the same resources that we are able to experience on a day-to-day basis. Um, we take advantage to this, like, immensely. Um, and it's just, it's so crazy to think that, uh, that this is that these 
borrowed and old soccer supplies are gonna really do something and bring joy to their lives. So we're really excited. So how would anyone uh, make these donations? What, what is the best course of action? So right now we have people just dropping supplies off at our house, um, but um, there is a sports mm. course in Sewickley and we believe um, it's not totally approved yet, but it should be approved within the next couple of days. We should have a donation box there. Um, it should be there mostly Saturdays, definitely over the weekend. Um, and then there's a coffee shop in Ben Avon called Anchor and Anvil, and there will be a donation box there. Um, okay. And then if just my email will reach out, and I always find a way to get some donations. Well, uh, we will be sure to share these details on Pittsburgh Soccer Now and on our, some of our social media platforms, too. Um, I don't live all that far from Ben Avon now, so I, maybe I will take a trip over to that coffee shop. I like checking out new coffee shops anyway. So. It's my favorite place. I go every weekend. Okay. Is that where um, they, it's right next to the firehouse? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I know, I know exactly where that is. So if uh, if you're in the area uh, from the north, northern suburb areas, um, that's um, right off of uh, <clears throat> 65 and into the Ben Avon um, kind of main drag community there. Um, so yeah, so in terms of soccer and, uh, the, you know, obviously you've never, haven't been there since you were two, but from what you understand, um, you know, this community, I think, could really get a boost from from getting something like this, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Soccer is something my uncles, um, my uncles have been playing soccer since they were two in Peru. And uh, it's been a way for us to always connect. And so seeing them really just bring like joy in a relationship through soccer is so exciting. And so um, seeing that happen through other kids, kids my age, kids younger than me, um, is just really, exciting and yeah it could leave a positive impact on anybody which is what we always strive to do well i i just applaud your efforts i really do and i i think what what uh was this something that you you know you just thought about or how did how did it come about from from your so, end we've always talked about it we were supposed to go to peru with our entire extended family that's in the united states in the summer of 2020 oh that happened yeah um, and that was, our, our goal was to do this in 2020, um, but just because of COVID and everything, we weren't able to. So now I'm able to do it and I was able to add, add it on to my senior project. It wasn't my main thing, but uh, I was able to tack it on and kind of get some more support from the school and just get the knowledge out there. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's something that my dad, my dad loves soccer and he loves helping people. And so it was a way for us to kind of bond, but also a way for us to help people in need. Well, and, you know, we're watching now with the World Cup and, and really in our communities, we see how sport can bring people together. And this is another good example of that. Um, and I'm sure, you know, unfortunately, Peru didn't make it to the World Cup this time okay. around, but um, but still, even just watching, I'm sure that your dad is a big fan and he loves watching, uh, you know, all those South American battles when Peru takes on all those, you know, the Brazils and the Argentinas. And I'm sure it's uh, it's a it's a it's a important thing in your household. 
Oh yes, we've had like watch parties every day. We yeah. from the TV as soon as we come upstairs. Yeah, um, it's been really fun just to watch the World Cup and see. We we did watch we watched the Peru versus Australia game where they didn't make it into the World Cup by PKs and it was it was a little devastating. But uh, oh, I didn't even realize that. So that Australia beat them out for the last spot. Is that yeah, correct? Oh wow. Well, like well, the spot that they needed to win that game to get in. Wow. Oh, well, um, well, anyway, I mean, it, it's been a, it's been a blast. I mean, it's just every day. It seems like there's, there's new teams surprising others, but, but really we're, we're just really proud of you and, and think that this is a wonderful project. And I just thought it was something that I wanted to make sure we showcased and spotlighted uh, here at Pittsburgh soccer now. And um, Lydia, I just wish you all the best with this, um, with the project and uh, we'll get behind it. I, I've got to go check out my basement. Um, and get it's called the Krasinski boys and say, guys, you guys still have lots of stuff left over um, from our youth playing days. I think we still have things. So uh, whatever okay. we can round up, we're, we're going to get and we'll, we'll get them over your way. Thank you so much. I appreciate not only your ability to give me a place to speak about this, but also going through your basement for us. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's stuff back there. Um, oh, but I, before... Stuff. Before we let you go, though, one more time, can you just tell everybody how they can support your project? So we have a we have a Facebook page and a Twitter page, I believe. Um, it's called The Beautiful Game. Um, and on there, you can see where our donations are, depending on the day we'll post up, um, post them. But there should be in Sewickley and Ben Avon. And um, my email should be on the, or you can just like DM on facebook but we will be able to reach out if you reach out we'll come get donations wherever you need all right wonderful lydia thank you again for joining me and i will again i will add all those links to when we post more information about this following thank this podcast so all right take care lydia and good luck with everything and thank say you. hello to your mom and dad for me i will thank you so much okay. have a good one thanks And that was Lydia Mayo. Uh, thank you again, Lydia, for joining us. And it was great to hear, uh, you know, it's great to see young people have such initiative and want to do, make a difference and do something and, and connect to their, uh, their roots and their heritage. Um, so uh, again, all of that information will be posted on Pittsburgh Soccer Now, and we'll share that in some of our social media platforms as well about her drive, uh, the project. The beautiful gift. Um, so yes, once again, high school season uh, came and went uh, here in Western Pennsylvania in 2022. Uh, and it seemed like it came and went in a flash. And once again, you know, we were there, Pittsburgh Soccer Now, we were there all season to provide uh, the coverage uh, where eight teams and seven schools lifted WPIL District 7 championships this year. And that was uh, that weekend at Highmark Stadium. You know, I, I can't thank the entire Pittsburgh Soccer Now crew enough for their contributions. You have Mark Goodman, the soccer rabbi, was out there to cover uh, the girls' uh, quad A final. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that shortly. But uh, we also had Matt, Matt Popchuk out there to cover three different finals. Uh, Matt was just always providing lots of energy and creativity and passion to, um, to his coverage. 
Uh, we appreciate that. And Mark, is, again, Mark Sakurabai, bringing his perspective um, was really great and unique to, um, to add to our high school coverage this time around. Um, and then, of course, Dominic Campbell uh, also covered a couple matches uh, at the uh, championships. And uh, nice to see Dom, who's done a little bit of everything for us uh, out there covering uh, the WPIL. Uh, and then, of course, photos, Ed Thompson. I mean, what can we said? We we put his photos out there. We actually have still have more in our can, if you will, um, that we'll share more um, before the end of the year. Uh, we're real excited about some of the things that we're going to share um, towards the end of the year. But uh, Ed was out there for all uh, six of the eight games. And then, of course, Jared Todd Hunter, uh, another contributor with us, added photos for the Saturday um, earlier games. And it was great to have Jared contribute as well. And he contributed earlier this year. So we have a really wonderful team. Everyone contributes um, as Pittsburgh Soccer Now. And uh, I just can't do this without the support and uh, team members um, that support us all year long. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think we all appreciate the passion and the interest and, and the support from people who who follow our coverage and also from just seeing the student athletes, um, you know, whether they win, they lose just, you know, good sportsmanship, all of that stuff. It does really matter. And it really uh, makes us feel better about our, you know, the, the young people and what they're capable of and, and seeing how they handle all these different situations, whether they're winning or losing or all that kind of stuff. It, it's really remarkable. And uh, I honestly thought there was some, moments from teams that didn't win this year i thought that showed a lot of class i thought there was a lot of uh, really good things that we saw this year so so that for sure but um but again we always remember the winners of course and um it was two as i mentioned at the outset two elite soccer programs that won state titles moon and seneca valley um the moon girls seneca valley boys um which really stood out uh as the you know what we'll remember the legacy of this this season um and I think the story of Moon, you cannot tell it, the Moon girls soccer team, without including the Mars uh, girls as well. Uh, Moon specifically made that move uh, to go from 4A to 3A this year, um, because that, mainly because their enrollment numbers, um, you know, it just kind of went shook out that way that they were now once again a 3A school. And, you know, some of us out there questioned that. Why are they doing this? And, you know, they could just stay in the top level and play against the top level competition. And, you know, we inter interviewed the head coach, Bill Pepper, a number of times, uh, mostly after games. And, and his his response was that he was so focused and getting his team focused on just one game at a time and winning a championship at the WPIL and then the states would take care of itself. And, you know, I mean, kudos to Bill and his you know, his team and all those players and talented players, you know, Haley Longwell, um, what a, you know, Soraya Leach, I mean, in goal. And, and that's just, that team was outstanding. And, but, you know, Mars, you can't, like I said, you can't have this conversation without talking about what the Mars girls soccer program accomplished over the last four years. They did not lose a match in 80 consecutive matches. They only tied four of those matches so they were dominant dominant team for much of the last four years in the 3a level and you know moon came down to their classification 
uh, and continued to do what they were doing above, you know, where they won before A in 2021. Um, but yeah, hats off to Mars, uh, Blair Gerlich, his program. Um, you know, they they battled Moon in those two very memorable games. Um, we'll probably probably look at his two most hyped <laughs> girls soccer matches, um, you know, leading up to the WPIL final and then the PIAA semifinal, both of those. Uh, and I, I honestly thought they kind of went the way we kind of expected, except maybe thinking that Mars, um, you know, would still find the back of the net and uh, that didn't happen. But um, so credit to Moon for winning both of those matches and then eventually capitalizing on that and trailing in the state championship game and still coming back to win. Um, that was very impressive second half in the state championship game uh, for Moon. All right, so before we uh, before we uh, wrap up the season, I'd like to just go through each of the championship games real quick uh, because we did have extensive coverage and I, I just wanted to share that, you know, there were eight remark remarkable championship uh, teams, but uh, there were some really good matches. And, you know, the first one uh, Thursday night, November, November 3rd, Deer Lakes uh, took on Beaver and it was sort of a shocking surprising uh matchup now a lot of people had deer lakes the four seed and beaver the six seed in this final and it turned out that uh, it was a pretty good match uh and it was interesting because deer lakes both teams really had a lot of senior level seniors uh, who really contributed made a difference and yet uh, yet it was a freshman uh, in the 88th minute you know into the first overtime uh, and scored a, the golden goal uh, which one fun thing about high school soccer, I will say, is that uh, we have the golden goal and uh, that it just keeps everybody on the edge of their seat uh, through periods of extra time. And uh, Jacob Orseno um, scored that golden goal in the 88th minute and it lifted Deer Lakes to its second WPIL title in, yes, second title in three years. And like I said, with Quaker Valley, with South Park, these top seeds in that section, you know, area, especially you know, we're thinking of Quaker Valley, who's going to knock, ever going to knock them off. Um, but that happened in Beaver, uh, lots of credit. You know, they were the cardiac kids through this, this classification. They won multiple matches that went to deep late into penalty kicks and they did it again. They almost did it again. They almost took Deer Lakes to uh, penalty kicks, but of course Deer Lakes coming up with the big goal in the 88th. 88th minute there from Jacob Orseno. Um, so Orseno, you know, he accepted a sneaky give and go as described by Pittsburgh soccer now's Matt Popchak uh, from forward and fellow rookie Peyton Kushan. And so it was a freshman to freshman combination that got the job done and they got behind the Beaver defense and, and got the winning goal. Um, so you know, it's pretty remarkable. Uh, and maybe this is a start now again for Deer Lakes because that group of seniors, they were there they were freshmen back when current pit player Mikey Sullivan uh, was there and shining and leading Deer Lakes to a state um, runner-up finish in, in uh, way back in 2019. And, um, and so, you know, to be part of this program, this program has had multiple coaches and things like that. But, um, but honestly, this, it, it's, 
they were there. It was there for the taking for them to, you know, to take um, uh, to take the title. And so credit to Coach Aaron Smith for keeping things going uh, with that program on a very high high level. Um, and so yeah, they 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 outshot Beaver, you know, eleven to six in that match, and they they were definitely pushing for more chances. But Beaver was right there; they were stingy and um, gave them uh, quite a match. So, uh, but yeah, so before we um, kind of uh, so Matt had a few interviews after the game. Here's his here's what his interview with Jacob Orseno, who had the game winning goal. And uh, that was Jacob Orsano, uh, again, a freshman getting game-winning goal. Just appreciate, really, really appreciate the joy and the excitement there. So congratulations to Deer Lakes on the boys' 2A championship win. So, of course, the next match on Thursday night was North Allegheny, Peters Township Girls, Quad A, the highest level. And once again, for the third time, and I believe in four years, North Allegheny, you know, what can we say? They, uh, they, they shown uh, that the, they're just the, the cream of the crop, really, when it comes to 4A. And the only 4A school that hasn't won, that won besides North Allegheny in the last four years, was the same moon uh, team that moved down to 3A. So, but it took 110 minutes and they went to penalty kicks as a uh, soccer rabbi described. And, you know, it was a relentless and feisty Peters Township team. They defended well. They challenged for every header and every 50-50 ball. They were not giving in to North Allegheny. And uh, so, and that's where it went, you know, it went to penalty kicks. Um, but, you know, North Allegheny's coach, Chuck Kelly, he, he was very humble in victory. And uh, he said after the match, you know, we didn't expect to win a championship, but we're grateful. And we love having the opportunity to play for their community. As we know, North Allegheny is a huge community, a huge school district and quad A. Um, but again, they have definitely built a soccer tradition. Um, so just couple kudos here. Uh, senior forward Lucia Wells, uh, she's going to be heading to Pitt, and uh, she was definitely a force to be reckoned with in that match and throughout the season. Uh, she is just someone who 
you know, took on Peter's defenders, uh, definitely using her dribble drive, uh, her skills on the ball, um, you know, and I think people, Peters did a really good job of denying and preventing uh, North Allegheny from, from getting any scoring chances uh, in, in, in waves and where they're so dangerous. Um, and then that's uh, something, um, you know, that uh, Mark certainly pointed out throughout the course of his coverage of the match. Um, but of course, you know, you get into uh, then in the second half and then all of a sudden some of that uh, offensive uh, ability skills uh, from both sides to came to the fourth. Yeah, lots of credit to Peters because after the halftime break, they kind of regained their confidence uh, and then started to find some space down the width. And midfielder Cameron Klein um, made uh, was making one depth touches into space, and um, you know the Indians forwards Bella Spurgel and Hannah Clark started to get behind the uh, North Allegheny defense. Uh, in the 58th minute, winger Al Addison Peresco, um, you know, got deep down the left side and she lashed a shot into the uh, right at North Allegheny keeper Natalie Rack. And, um, you know, Rack went low, uh, but um, guess who was there for the rebound? That's right, Bella Spurgle. And so it kind of stunned North Allegheny to see that Peters went up one nothing. And uh, but of course, their response was immediate. And uh, Luca Wells, Lucia Wells, um, you know, while drifting right, she turned right through the middle of the defense and blasted a shot from the top center of the box, hard and low, right past Peter's keeper, Molly Kubistek. And, you know, it levels the match at 1-1, and it just shows, you know, sometimes those players can elevate a team. We saw Lucia Wells do that two years ago in 2020 in the, in the final, and uh, once again, levels the match at 1-1. So kudos to North Allegheny, uh, for for coming back and fighting back um and then that's really where you know things the midfield battle kind of took it from there in girls quad a and both teams kind of went back and forth but then eventually it went to penalty kicks um you know peters got the edge first they got the first pk but then they missed the next two um and then of course north allegheny kind of took care of business and uh you know chuck kelly after the match you know i think he talked to, again, coach of North Allegheny. He said it took a while for his team to get into the game. Uh, they really weren't playing the way they wanted to play. And I think Peters gets a lot of credit for that, um, slowing them down. Um, but again, 110 minutes of soccer and it was 1-1. And the team that just, you know, sometimes it just takes those extra nerves. So, uh, you know, again, kudos to uh, Mark, Good Mark Goodman, soccer rabbi, and both teams uh, for, for uh, Mark for providing a, a great recap of Pittsburgh soccer. Now, if you haven't read it, please do. Um, and both teams really for going the distance. Um, in the state playoffs, neither team could get further. So this was really uh, a shining moment for uh, North Allegheny uh, and a great way for the seniors uh, to go out on top. And Friday, you know, brought two more matches. They were the girls class 1A and the boys class 1A. And Freedom uh, was their opportunity to get back into the finals. And wow, what a performance, you know, if you think about it. Um, they they really um, <clears throat> turned things up a notch. And, you know, our Dominic Campbell was there and he he caught the action. And uh, they, they, of course, had to beat Greensburg Central Catholic again in the semifinal. And this time around, uh, they won their third. WPL title in six years, 
Uh, and so they won back in 2018, they went back in 2016 um, when um, the PIAA changed the four classifications. Uh, so they had the 2A title in 16. Um, but yeah, second straight season, um, you know, uh, that they beat Springdale as well in the playoffs. So, you know, it, it was just one of those things that Springdale came in as a pretty good, really good defensive side. And, uh, and yet here was freedom and showing their arsenal and their, their, their ability to score. And, uh, you know, Julia Moorbacher, um, you know, scored first, uh, gave them the lead in the fifth, 19th minute. Uh, and then of course, you know, it was a pretty tight match there, but then in the second half, freedom made some adjustments and got into a little bit more of attacking style of play. Uh, and then of course, uh, Riley Tokar, uh, put in a great pass to Shane, Shay Bailey, um, who chipped it in and it gave them a, um, a, um, two nothing lead. And then Bailey would score again in the 55th minute to make it a three nothing lead. So it was a brilliant performance by, uh, freedom and uh, they showed why they were as good as they were and made it all the way to the state championship. Uh, and of course their head coach is a longtime head coach, uh, somebody who's been around at WPIL for a long time, Colin Williams. And, uh, he spoke with, uh, the, he spoke with um, Dominic Campbell after the match. All right. So that was Colin Williams, you know, once again, spring, I mean, uh, freedom showed why, you know, this year they had the best, they just, and he's right. He said that they did go out of section. They played up a number of two, a couple of three, a teams. I believe they even played a quad a team. So, you know, credit to freedom uh, for really stepping up and showing, uh, uh, you know, at the one, a level um, kind of breaking through, you know, too nice to, that we, we see a lot of the green last year was Valley now is freedom. It's nice to see different teams win at that level each year. And then, of course, you know, when you talk about boys um, single A, uh, you have to talk about Winchester Thurston and uh, what a uh, great group of seniors this year. You know, this was that Alex Haskarov and uh, and Oliver Dubu. Those are two key players that honestly um, have led this kind of brought Winchester Thurston to a whole different level. And I believe they've made 
the WPIL finals every single year in their time uh, in, with the program. So that's it's, it's pretty, pretty impressive. But they had to take on an interesting uh, a challenge from Charleroi, who had dropped down from 2A and had made it through and shocked everybody when they beat Greensburg Central Catholic quite honestly, in the quarterfinals. Uh, they had lost twice to Greensburg Central Catholic this year and uh, in their section games uh, did Charleroi. But yet they bounced back and uh, were lots of credit to that team. Uh, and, you know, not only that, they get to the final and play this very highly heralded uh, Winchester Thurston team. And for all intents and purposes, it was, it was a match where, you know, both teams didn't hold back. And we love to see that type of soccer. Yes, and as Pittsburgh soccer now's uh, Matt Popchock pointed out, you know, Winchester Thurston really relied on its superior postseason experience to remain as the superior team in their classification. And once again, it was those River Riverhounds Development Academy tandem, uh, Alex Haskarecht and Oliver Dubu, who delivered on a big stage, um, holding off really what was a scrappy effort from Charleroi. Um, you know, they became the fourth different school since the WPIL added a third classification in 2000 to earn back-to-back -back boys single-A championships. Um, and uh, that's been their MO, as uh, their coach Adam Brownold uh, said after the match. You know, when they get down, they really count on Oliver and Alex to, uh, to get them through uh, the difficult situations. Um, but let's listen to uh, Oliver Debu, uh, who had, uh, you know, again, with the match tied 2-2, tight game, uh, comes up with the big, big, big goal. Uh, and let's let's hear from uh, Oliver Debu. And uh, yeah, that's Oliver Dabu. And, you know, if, if there was one player who I, I certainly felt that, you know, I late in the process got involved in some of the um, uh, 
uh, a couple groups out there reaching out to me regarding some of the all-American voting and, and things like that. And the all-state had already taken place, but he's definitely somebody I would have uh, put up there for the all-state um, ballot uh, for sure. So I just, you know, I think he deserves whatever recognition he gets and, and that team and those players. Um, so, you know, kudos again to Winchester Thurston, who, of course, made it again to the state final, uh, this time uh, falling short. Uh, Dubu obviously gave them a, a big golden goal last year in the state championship but credit to that program to that school uh and to that boys soccer program because they really uh showed us that they are a very special group and uh and and just their accomplishments over the last three or four years have been pretty pretty remarkable so following those uh friday night matches we turned the page to super saturday over at highmark stadium and of course we go from starting at 10 o'clock in the morning uh, all working all the way through 11 o'clock, obviously, to all the way until the evening. But it all started with the girls, Class 2A. And once again, Avonworth was there. Uh, this time, uh, they, you know, they had a different challenge. And this was playing Mount Pleasant, um, which I thought was a, was, a, was a good challenge for them. Uh, you know, they, both teams were not in the top seed uh, this year. It was North Catholic got the number one seed. Avonworth lost twice to North Catholic during the regular season. But again, once again, you got to credit to JC Mann, uh, Mahan and his team. Uh, they uh, beat North Catholic again in the uh, postseason when it, I guess, when you say it matters most uh, and then moved on to, as a five seed to the final. Um, and as a defending champion, of course, taking on Mount Pleasant. Uh, and so, you know, credit, uh, though, to uh, J.C. Mahan and his team and his daughter, Fiona, uh, who was just exceptional in the final against Mount Pleasant. And yeah, the Antelopes, you know, they, they won their second straight title um, beating the Lady Vikings. It was two to one. It went to extra time um, uh, the previous year, I should say. Um, they won two to one. Uh, went to extra time, but again, they won this one two to one, but it was a little, it was all done in, in, in regular time. And once again, just like the North Allegheny match uh, for, uh, for um, Avonworth, they, uh, you know, they, they had to come from behind. They were down a goal um, and they, they kind of put it all together. Uh, so lots of credit there. Um, Mount Pleasant, you know, started off the game strong. They had a great goal from uh, Morgan, Morgan Gasinski. Uh, who moved into the box and ripped a powerful shot into the corner, top corner, um, right away, early in the match, third minute. And so that put Avonworth uh, up against, uh, with their backs against the wall. Um, you know, and Mount Pleasant was adding pressure and they could have easily gotten up to nothing at different points. Uh, but then uh, Fiona May Mayhan, you know, started to kind of get into the groove and leading the, uh, the Antelope's attack. Um, and, and so she started sending crosses in and kind of creating, uh, uh, doing what she does best. Um, and just, just a sophomore. And so it's pretty impressive that uh, she can help kind of elevate her team at the 2A level. Uh, but again, they still were tra trailing, uh, heading into the second half. And, and then that's, um, you know, that's, that's, that's really when uh, the, the match turned uh, at that point uh, for for uh, in in Avonworth's favor. And yeah, and quickly uh, to um, correct myself, no, uh, in the 21st minute, uh, Mayhan's uh, shot from outside the box, which again, she scored that one in 
2021 final um, Pamalti de box again in the 21st minute enough power on it it hit the bottom of the crossbar and then went back into the net so you know again she just finds a way to get it in from outside the box and uh, just give her room and she will score um, but of course the match did get physical and then into the second half you know kind of both sides kind of going back and forth uh, it again took um, uh, another goal from Mahan and this time in the 64th minute uh, from 25 yards out and, and at that point it looked like the keeper would get to it um, but she couldn't get it out of the area you know punch it away quick enough and it, and it went in um, uh, so it was another one from out uh, 25 yards out uh, so it's just it's just interesting uh, that she's done it time and time again um, she leads led Avonworth with 23 goals, 19 assists this year, and 11 shots and six on goal um, uh, the, did Avonworth have in the final. So uh, they were just, they were the definitely the better team uh, and had the player who could, could lift them in that moment. And um, here's Dominic Campbell uh, with uh, Fiona Mahan after the match. On Pittsburgh Sports Live, by the way. All right. Of course, very humble. And, uh, you know, Fiona just, hey, it was, you know, they keep working at it and she keeps working at it. We might see some more game winners from her in the years to come. Um, she's still not done quite, quite yet. So the second game on Super Saturday was the game we're again talking about this earlier, but the highly anticipated Moon versus Mars. Both teams unbeaten, undefeated. Both teams defending champions in the WPIL. Both teams are defending state champions. Um, so this was a, it was everything it was cracked out to be. It was a defending champions, um, moon and Mars, you know, the planets collide, all yada, 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 the whole thing. But the truth is, it was just two really good girls soccer teams getting, finally get a chance to play each other after lots of anticipation. And honestly, I didn't think that the, uh, I, I, I personally thought that, it was everything we expected it to be. Um, so, yeah, I give a lot of credit to uh, both coaches. And I, I think that um, Bill Pepper uh, and B Blair Gerlach had their teams prepared, but there were a few, um, uh, you know, some wrinkles thrown into the, into the matchup um, because, you know, for one thing, um, Mars uh, was without one of its best players uh, and it had to, had to play um, in that match without one of their, really one of their top, top players. And, uh, but yeah, and, and, and the other piece of that was, um, you know, I think that both sides were, um, didn't know, we didn't know whether it was going to be a high scoring affair because both sides have just tremendous ability to score. Um, uh, but also it's just, especially we know Moon is capable of defensively just shutting teams down left and right. Um, so. Yeah, so we didn't really know what which way it was going to go. And I think the coaches felt the same way. Blair Gerlach said that after the match of the WPL final to thought, 
that you know he didn't know really have a feel yet for which way it was going to go but of course all coaches you got to be prepared for that All right, so on Saturday, yeah, you had Moon and Mars in the second match, and that was like the match that we were all looking forward to. Both teams were undefeated. Both teams are defending state champions. Um, it was very, very highly anticipated. And, you know, I I, I looked at that match as, um, you know, it could go either way. One team, could they could it could be very high scoring, um, or it could be, you know, one of those where um, either team, uh, you know, could could really just, be more tentative, kind of feel things out. Um, but what happened was right before the match, Mars um, found out that, that they're all state selection last year, uh, top player, someone who scored goals leading up to the quarterfinal uh, game winning goal. And in the semifinals, Gwen Howell, uh, a defender had to sit out due to an injury. And so that kind of changed things up for Mars and uh, Howell's presence on the back line. Um, it pushed the, the head coach Blair Gerlach to kind of move some things around. Um, so he had to uh, kind of just shuffle some things around. Um, still, we know Mars has depth and again, 80 game unbeaten uh, streak, uh, just remarkable program and with the depth that they have. So I didn't think they were, well, it was a huge loss uh, for them. And um, as Blair said after the match, it was a big deal to put players in uncomfortable positions. And so that with a match of that magnitude, I think it definitely made it more difficult for Mars um, in that situation and in that match. Um, but yeah, so it was one of those kind of tight, it turned into one of those tight affairs that first uh, time around in the Whippeo final. And at the end of the day, uh, it, coming through, um, you know, Tessa Roma's scores a goal, um, getting kind of on the, back post area after a cross comes in and she tries with her uh, left foot and then her right foot um, both feet trying uh, attempts and uh, you know she finally puts it in uh, uh, and and so give her credit you know for persistence in the box uh, and getting that winning goal to, to and that was only in the first half so the rest of the match it kind of settled into kind of a nip and tuck tight tight affair uh, and of course, you know, uh, it felt like it felt like Moon one they go up one nothing. Uh, a lot of times, it's it's a huge advantage because you know um, it really is. But again, credit to Roma uh, for putting it past Kate McEnroe, the goalie for um, Mars, uh, who did make the first save. Uh, it was on her uh, low left-footed shot, and then the second shot, she just went. Since McEnroe was already on the ground, she just kind of went up. Uh, and went up real high and you know again credit though M Mars came back a number of times in the second half set pieces and maybe that's where Howell was missing um, because on set pieces they were sending balls into the box uh, maybe didn't have somebody there maybe on the end of that getting a, to beat Soraya Leach who a goalkeeper for Moon who was exceptional junior uh, she came off the line a couple of times there was one time she came off she, her, her vertical uh, it was just it was just to get up to get to the ball to deny Piper Caulfield uh, a chance to to redirect the ball into the box. So uh, it was just one of those games where and then, of course, there was a um, moment in the second half. Again, 51st 
minute where Mars really had its best chance. Uh, a couple different shot attempts were blocked by moon defenders. And then Ansley Ray um, redirected a poke. She kind of poked the ball towards the open net and it was saved off the line by uh, moon defender uh, Ava Weich. And what a save by Weich. I mean, it was just off the line. And of course, all of the Mars players jump up like they had just scored a goal and in unison. And, you know, even Gerlach said that after the match is like pointing that out, that it should have wasn't a coincidence that they all jumped because they all felt like the ball crossed the line. But the call stood and it was not a goal. And, uh, you know, again, Mars had a few more chances to get into the box and sending crosses and that sort of thing. But but Moon held firm and Moon won their championship, uh, their their Whitfield championship. Um, Let's hear from Bill Pepper after the match and kind of hear what he had to say um, after that match. I thought he had some some interesting comments. Well, of course, what streak? Of course, Bill says that. Uh, and and so knowing he had to play uh, Mars uh, one more time, probably, most likely, although both did uh, did have some, you know, challenges uh, in the state playoffs, but they did end up meeting. So we'll touch on that in just a second. But yeah, credit to Moon uh, for pulling through and beating Mars in the WPIL final. And then, of course... <laughs> The moon, it was the moon double dip because the moon boys, you know, what a s- tremendous season they had. Um, and they they capped it at the Whitfield finals. You know, they they had to take on for the third time this year. They had to take on Ambridge, a team they knew that would give them a battle uh, because Ambridge is just tough, tough to beat. Um, and so, you know, that was interesting. And uh, moon uh, boys, though, I don't think they left anything they didn't hold anything back. You know, they broke through with two early goals in the first uh, in the final 10 minutes of the first half. It was one of those matches where early on, like Ambridge had some confidence and they were moving ball forward and they were they were getting in. And it looked like, you know, this might be they might be able to drag this one out into a, a hard fought, you know, maybe it could go one nothing, zero, zero kind of match. 
Um, but then just like that, you know, Akron commit, Ryan Cope, um, you know, had this, this tremendous strike uh, early on. And, uh, you know, his teammates um, came through and it was just a, what a performance by uh, the, the Moon boys. Um, you know, again, towards the end of the first half, Ambridge has been defending well. They've been they've been playing forward. They've been getting aggressive, um, but just a couple a play on the end line. You know, you you can't leave Ryan Cope open in the middle of the box, and they they cut back a nice pass over to Cope, uh, and and that uh, that really was the difference um, right there. Just getting those two goals early in the first half, um, it, it made a difference. And um, uh, it was Adi and Costa who used the space on the left wing to get that first goal. Um, and, you know, again, the ball was played maybe right towards above the, the penalty spot, uh, maybe a little bit higher up, maybe right underneath the 18. But Cope had no trouble um, putting it away. Uh, and then, of course, another um, collapse is, uh, you know, the, the Tigers just again, if you make mistakes against them, they'll make you pay. Um, and they really deflated uh, Amber, Ambridge on a set piece goal in the 39th minute. Um, so, and that was the difference was Cooper Nichols, um, was, was, was right there for a header, uh, at the far post for two, nothing advantage. And then the same thing in the second half, um, same kind of play, uh, as the first goal. Uh, but this time it was, uh, Hildebrand, um, who was there, um, you know, in the 51st minute, uh, to put it, put it back. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's lots of credit to moon and let's, let's hear from their, um, their senior, um, Ryan Cope, who is a captain, who's, uh, you know, he's a Division One player going to Akron. Let's hear what he had to say after the match. Yeah, and that's uh, Ryan Cope. And, uh, you know, again, talking about the team uh, it wasn't all about him. And, and that, uh, you know, 
he learned that from his brother, who's also a division one player uh, at St. John's. And so like just understanding the team concept and you can't get that far without a group effort. And uh, certainly moon was just, just this whole season. Now they came up a little short in the state playoffs, but what a tremendous uh, team this year. And they really did deserve uh, and earn that class three, a boys title. And of course we, you know, again, save probably the most dramatic uh, um, results for last uh, this year. It was the first, I mean, definitely most interesting matchup, uh, Pine Richland taking on Seneca Valley and boys quad A and Pine Richland comes into the match having lost to Seneca Valley twice uh, during the season in section play. Uh, Seneca had pretty much dominated. Seneca had come into the match undefeated. Uh, they were the defending two-time defending WPL champions. You know, if there was a odds on this match, I mean, we could have said that Pine Richland probably could have been an eight to one, 10 to one, maybe a 20 to one or 30 to one or 40 to one or whatever, a huge underdog heading into this match. Um, but one thing advantage heading in, as Pine Richland head coach said, uh, Jordan Wigan said to me, was hey we know we one good thing we like about this matchup is we know who we know the team we're playing we know their tendencies we know what they're capable of doing and so he felt that as a, that being an advantage heading into this quad a final against you know a team that's just been running straight through all the competition and so that was something that jordan wagon pointed out and as the match drew on especially as both sides you know couldn't score uh in the first half uh it was definitely uh, advantage Pine Richland uh, because is 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 if the more Seneca Valley kept you know would would move forward and and put pressure on goal uh, but couldn't convert or were getting into the box but were just getting completely bottled up and they couldn't use their speed and uh, and and they couldn't get behind the Pine Richland defense they became more and more frustrated and it was a, just an interesting way that that played out. Um, so yeah, so the Rams, you know, in an eight-team tournament, uh, they only take the top four from the two sections in Quad A now. Um, Pine Richland proved that if all it takes is just to get there. And before the season started, talked to Jordan Wigan about that, and he said, you know what, we just they hadn't made the playoffs in two or three years. That was another thing that makes this result even more remarkable is that they hadn't made the playoffs in uh, three previous seasons. So a lot of these seniors hadn't even played one single playoff game. And so that in itself was pretty remarkable. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was one of those matches where it was very close. Pine uh, Seneca Valley could not break through despite all their firepower. And, you know, it was about 10 minutes left in the, in the game. I, the way I wrote it out, I asked um, right after Pine Richland converted its goal on an opportunistic you know, a long free kick and the ball bounced in the right direction uh, to Ben Rischel and Ben uh, Sr., a captain uh, who was, you know, he said, even he admitted, like, it was great to be in the right place at the right time because that's where how he scores goals. He's not a big, huge goal scorer, but he was in the right place at the right time and uh, and put it in. And I think it stunned Seneca Valley. It stunned everybody there uh, to see that one nothing lead in the 60, what was it, about the 60. 60th minute uh, and uh, and sort of stunned everybody there. And, and I think as Seneca continued to press forward and try to get goals, they got more and more impatient and were, were 
sending balls into the box that were getting intercepted. And, and sure, there were opportunities late um, that came. And, and, and I just remember asking um, Jordan Wigan, you know, what, what's it like? It's about 10 minutes left and you're looking at the scoreboard uh, you know, and you're all alone and your coach standing there in the corner. And, and he talks about that in his post-game interview, but, um, but yes, it was just a shocking result uh, to see Pine Richland hold on for that one, nothing win. And after the match, we spoke with Jordan Wigan, the head coach of Pine Richland. And yes, they deserved it. Uh, they really did because they, you know, they had a game plan, uh, Pine Richland did, and they stuck to it and they really deserved a, a huge win and to beat Seneca Valley in that fashion. Uh, it was really remarkable, um, but it was interesting after that match. Uh, well, let's talk to, let's, let's hear from uh, one of the heroes first, and then we'll talk about Seneca Valley. All right, so th this is uh, Ben Rischel. Uh, from Pine Richland after the match. Uh, have a very happy young man and uh, who hit the game winner.
And uh, that's Ben Rischel, you know, what a what a performance uh, by that team to pull off the win. And after the match, I, I did, uh, again, beating a, a, a tremendous Seneca Valley team. And after that match, I, we had a chance to go over and, and talk to George, George Williams, the head coach of Seneca Valley. All right, so here we are with uh, George Williams after the match. So Williams said they didn't speed it up enough. And then uh, the uh, the bottom line, then it sort of the interview, he didn't really have a lot to say. Um, but at the very, very end of the interview, I asked him, you know, about his team and his performance and getting ready for the state playoffs. And um, he only had one very brief, brief thing to say. And he said, he looked at me and he said, we will be back. You know, we're not done yet. And he said, we are not done yet. And then he just basically did a mic drop and just walked away. And so he didn't have a lot to say that night, but he did say, we are not done yet. And boy, was he right. Um, what a performance by Seneca Valley through the state playoffs. Uh, indeed, Seneca Valley made it their mission to get to the state final. Um, so two weeks and three games later, uh, they uh, not only did they make amends for that one hiccup this season, they uh, captured its second PIAA uh, crown. Um, and uh, so that would be adding to their trophy table. Uh, George Williams is over well over 300 wins uh, and then their second PIAA championship. Um, you know, they're a deep team. They play with so much speed. They finally got to put it all together uh, for the state playoff run. Um, and so impressive. And so they won it in 2020 and then they won uh, 2022 uh, state titles. And, you know, in the state championship game, they played a lower Marion team that was 23-1-0 and zero and had really been shutting everybody out. Uh, and it didn't matter because we got early in that match. They got up early. Um, you know, just unbelievable. Like just third, seven minutes into the match, um, Ryan Krumenacker um, was called for a foul in the box. And then, of course, Sam Nyenka uh, on the PK um, uh, put it in. Uh, so uh, two minutes into the match, I should say. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm completely screwed that up as I probably should have done my homework a little bit better. I meant all the way, completely the other way around. Um, Krumenacker was called for a foul in the box. So if, and uh, of course, Sam Nyenka is the keeper. Um, uh, uh, you know, on the ensuing penalty kick, um, made, made the save. Um, so, uh, yeah, just wanted to pointed that out. Um, so yeah, just, it, so it seemed like as soon as that state playoff match started off, um, you know, that, oh my goodness, here we go again. Um, they might fall behind and against a really good defensive opponent. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Nyanko with a tremendous save. And then of course, um, all of a sudden, you know, it was about 30 minutes into the state playoff match. Then it just seemed like the floodgates opened and Seneca was starting to find those spaces, especially wide. Um, and Cole Kamarick got the first goal. And then, like I said, the floodgates opened. He scored again. Um, and then it just the floodgates uh, completely opened uh, uh, and Max Mercott got the third goal. So before they knew it uh, in, in about the 32nd minute, um, Lower Marion were trailing 
Seneca Valley three nothing. So, um, and of course, Seneca Valley would roll um, to a six nothing win and capture the state championship. So kudos to Seneca Valley boys for a tremendous season uh, and uh, to pulling it off and being one of the two WPIL uh, schools to win a state championship. The other was Moon. And uh, of course, Moon had to go through one more time. They had to beat Mars. And that, and that Moon Mars second matchup happened at North Allegheny High School. And this time around, uh, it, was, uh, it was a really good performance uh, for both teams. Uh, but again, Haley Longwell, you know, who didn't, I didn't talk about much in uh, the first game, um, was the goal scorer both times. And uh, Soraya Leach, again, once again, came up huge as a keeper for uh, Moon. Uh, they would win that state semifinal 2-0 against Mars. And again, another highly anticipated match. Um, and they maintained their perfect record, uh, not only for that, and made it back to the state, the state championship game. And, um, you know, two really, really great teams in the first half hour. Um, you know, Moon was on the front foot and they owned possession and they were bringing waves of attacking uh, attacks. But I felt it looked like Mars was, you know, again, with Gwen Howell back in the lineup, uh, we're definitely playing solid defensively um, and we're not really giving an inch. Uh, of course, a corner kick happens in the 35th minute and the match changes around. Um, and what happens here is, you know, it, again, you have to credit Longwell um, because, you know, Mars defended the corner really well. They took, they cleared the ball twice. They cleared the ball out over to the, around the 40, 40 yard line area uh, on the football field lines. And, and yet, Moon redirected the ball back towards goal over the fray because everybody's running out of the box at that point. But somehow Longwell stays and uh, keeps her stays on side and uh, gets to the ball, gets behind the Mar the, Moon, uh, the Mars defenders and, and, and puts it through a clinical finish past Kate McEnroe. And, uh, and all of a sudden Moon's up again and, and heading into the half. But honestly, I, I couldn't believe it. the response from Mars was so impressive. Um, it's it, right after that, um, they, they responded with a couple really dangerous, uh, shot opportunities. And there's, once again, it was Soraya Leash right there to make a couple big saves and a couple big stops. Um, and just again, so it's a one, nothing match heading into the second half. And, um, you know, again, Mars were interesting. And in this match, Mars had more chances in transition uh, in terms of shots on frame. Um, and that was, uh, the, that's why having a goalkeeper like Leach really helped make a difference in this match. And, um, and she even said after the match, she watched film and, and thought that um, she wanted to make sure she knew the tendencies of the Mars players. And not only did that help because she was seeing numerous shots on frame. Um, so that, uh, that really did help her. Um, and, and again, Mars, the disappointment was that they coach um, Blair Gerlach said that he felt that his team did enough to score goals in his post-match interview. And it would take something special, though, to beat Leach. And they, they just, as he said, they couldn't put the ball away. And they were just a little bit of a lack of quality on their part. And credit to Moon, though, they, they kept coming. And then, of course, in the 68th minute, um, the freshman Kendall Didick 
um, made a nice run up the right side of the end line to track a ball down and then cut back her pass into the goal box. And guess who was there? Um, once again, it was Haley Longwell. Um, and, uh, you know, Kate McEnroe kind of got to the ball, the keeper, uh, but she couldn't secure it. And Kate, um, I'm sorry, Haley Longwell um, was there um, to put it through. And um, so the you know, finalist for the Mo Rosensteel Player of the Year Award, Longwell, um, you know, she scored five goals in those last two playoff state playoff wins. She scored 35 goals and she was just right, right there, right on the spot. And uh, she also gave us a really, really good uh, post-game interview. So let's, let's listen to that. So that's uh, Haley Longwell after the state semifinal win. And of course, as I mentioned, Soraya Leash was, was huge in that match. And here's what she said after the match. Well, and there's a there's a young student athlete that has her priorities straight. Her mind was on her homework. So uh, I thought that was a great uh, interview. Um, really, a lot of great interviews with a lot of student athletes. And um, again, I just want to uh, say again, Moon, of course, 
went to the state finals and yes, they, they, they trailed uh, early, but again, came through with some big goals in the second half and won the whole thing. So again, hats off to all the teams, to everybody this past year, what a tremendous season. Um, and this isn't the end for kids on the pitch. Uh, we will be back. Um, I'm looking forward to some really good content and interviews and, and talking to people over the course of the winter months. And as we prepare, go into the spring and off season for high schools, but there's still a lot going on in terms of youth soccer uh, in our area. So I'm really, really looking forward to rolling up our sleeves and, and having some fun and, and, and some good discussions and uh, conversation uh, along the lines of youth soccer in Western Pennsylvania and beyond. Uh, so again, thank you for joining me. Uh, this is John Krasinski again, Pittsburgh Soccer Now. Um, again, you could catch all the WPIL championship games, the PIAA coverage, all the recaps, interviews um, on our website, uh, pittsburghsoccernow.com and also on our YouTube channel, um, Pittsburgh Soccer Now YouTube channel and uh, interviews galore with all the, the the full interviews with everybody. Um, so again, we appreciate your support and um, and joining us and 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 following all the things that we do to provide coverage for Pittsburgh soccer in Pittsburgh area. Uh, again, another great uh, season and uh, another good episode of Kids on the Pitch. So thanks for joining us. <laughs>